to this episode of the Exceptional Advice Show. So, what are we doing today, Tristan? Um, today we've got a bit a bit of a broad subject. Um, so we'll be talking about subconscious versus conscious communication, um, sort of as as a whole. Okay. So I might just start out by giving some context to this because it's obviously it's obviously a topic I speak yeah. to people about uh, very frequently. You've had the immense pleasure of <laughs> of listening to me talk to many many people about this at different points in time. Maybe once or twice. Yeah. So part of my my perspective on exceptional advice. So you know the context for this being. This is a show for people who are already, you know, really good, maybe even great advisors who are wanting to go further, to go deeper. And that's the journey of becoming exceptional. And so whatever your denomination is, so, you know, generally speaking, we have accountants and financial advisors and, you know, consultants and coaches and lawyers and people like that and professional services. But whatever your denomination, usually the start point is, a real, a real focus around that denomination itself. So, for example, if you're a financial advisor, then what are you limiting your frame of reference to when you're speaking to clients? Finances. If you're an accountant, then, you know, what are you limiting your frame of reference to? You know, compliance issues, historical numbers, you know, the, the numbers themselves. And, of course, that's great... That's good for being a technician, but it's not necessarily great for being an exceptional advisor. And so what I always say to, you know, certainly our clients and, you know, the, the young, young advisors that I mentor and really anyone who will listen, including you guys listening into this, is an advisor's real role is to actually help the client to make some alignment in their life. So whenever someone speaks to you, they will be communicating at two different levels. They'll be communicating both consciously and subconsciously. And if you're, a, you know, if you're an okay advisor, you're going to be dealing with what they communicate to you consciously. So in other words, you're addressing what they're actually saying to you explicitly. But if you want to be an exceptional advisor, then the key is to actually learn to listen to what they're actually saying to you in a broader context, what the real issues are. So that's the topic for communication today. And really as an advisor, not only is it your job to figure out what the client really wants and to help them to, to understand it, in any of their communication, it's to get clarity on the conscious and the subconscious and then explicitly bring them together. So in other words, to say to them, well, hang on a second, you're drawing into it, this may be what they've said to you, you've drawn into it, and then to get to the point where you say, so is this what you really mean? Is this what you really want? Yes, that's actually it. Now you've got an explicit alignment between conscious and subconscious. Doing this is one of the most valuable things you can do for another person. Incredibly difficult to do for yourself. And... When you get someone to make this alignment, not only do you have the tools then to be able to really understand how to help them as an advisor, but when you get that alignment and what's implied or that they've just kind of know but have never admitted to themselves, when this is brought into alignment with their thinking, 
their conscious and their plans, then their actions and behavior will change. And so now you're actually getting real fundamental change within a client's life. And you're going far beyond, you know, the accounts or the portfolio or the super returns or, you know, the business process or whatever it is that is the underlying thing that you're getting to speak to your client about. And so I'm, I know I'm having a big, uh, a big monologue here, um, but I, I kind of also want to talk a little bit just quickly about the fact that most of the people tuning into this are numbers people to a degree, right? Um, and even, you know, even lawyers to a degree, they're looking at numbers in terms of precedent and case law and whatever else. So you've got a linear logical component and that's just your ticket to the game. So you can be good at those things, but if you really want to tie your technical profession into creating massive outcomes, the kinds of outcomes that you can charge significantly more for that make the intangible tangible, then understanding how to do this and to do it with intent rather than accidentally is a massive step forward in my opinion. So it's a pretty broad topic as, uh, as Tristan was saying. So how do we kind of want to break that down today? Um, we've got a couple of places we can start. You talked about an advisor's real role um, and bringing the conscious and subconscious together. Um, did you want to maybe start with an example of that and then we can work our way from that? Yeah, I've got, I've got uh, a couple of examples. Um, one just from yesterday. So I'm just going to use that as an example. This is a friend of mine. Um, you know, she's been an advisor for, for a long time, um, equally as long, as long as myself. Um, but some time ago she started her, her own business and it's, I mean, she's a fantastic advisor, but it's a little been a little bit slow in terms of growing the business. And, you know, she's a single mum and has raised two wonderful daughters and, you know, has done all these other things in that time frame as well. And she sent me a message saying, Baz, I've realized it's time for me to get out. I need to sell. I just don't know where to start. Uh, can you help me, please? And I said, sure, look, book some time into into my calendar and we'll have a Zoom chat. So we're into the Zoom chat and I'm, okay, tell me this, tell me the situation. Well, look, I had a terrible, I had a terrible year last year. You know, I had these, had these health issues that kind of made it really difficult. Um, you know, my best friend passed away. You know, I had all of these things kind of cascade and, you know, we've, we're all humans. So, you know, typically the, these negative things come in runs, right? So she had a bad year. And then she was looking at the educational requirements to stay, she's a financial advisor, to stay being a financial advisor. And it's just like, well, I'm not going to go back and do, do another university degree at my age. And so I've just decided I'm, I'm going to get out. And so as we're going through all of this, there's a whole range of different things that have been communicated to me, right? And not all of them I'll be able to impart the nuance to you, but... Hopefully the example will set the scene for you. So I said, okay, you, you def you've, just, you've, you've just decided that's it. You've had enough. She's like, yep, I've had enough. I, I, just, I just need to get out. Um, so what do you need my help for? Well, I need your help to 
because my business isn't that big. The brokers, you know, aren't super interested in it. It's just not enough. But if I sell it, you know, I'll, I'll be okay. I won't, you know, I'll, it'll be fine. It won't be what I imagined, uh, where I imagined I'd be, but I'll be okay. Um, but I was hoping you might know some people, which, by the way, I probably do. So I said, all right, well, let's go through your business a little bit. And, you know, she's built up some some really good clients. Not a huge number of them, but they're very, very good clients. And I'm looking at this and thinking, hmm, okay, so how do you work with them? Well, I probably speak to my clients every month. Like, okay, give me some scenarios. What do they look like? You know, what's their, what's their positions, investable funds, that kind of stuff. And what are you charging them? And so straight away, I'm like, hmm, okay, this is, this is uh, probably the best service I've, I've heard of, right? You know, th- these clients are getting the best service because she doesn't have a massive client base and she's over-delivering to them. Now, they're pretty wealthy people. But I'm also looking at this going, there's no way I'd be delivering that service for that fee. Okay, that was, that was an observation. Now, she's come to me saying, that's it, I've had enough, I'm giving up, I need to sell, help me sell it. So that's the conscious communication. The subconscious communication was through her reaching out to me because she knows that I just don't take things at face value, right? So there's that piece to begin with. There's also her energy as she's explaining this stuff, her energy is very low. And as she's talking about selling the business, I can see, you know, there's barely contained tears about this idea of selling. So I'm putting all of these pieces together, right? And part of being an exceptional advisor is learning to use your intuition as much, if not more, than your logic. And, yeah, this has taken me a long time to do, being a very logical, analytical person. But I definitely use that as my principal tool, intuition first, logic second. I'm like, okay, so what's really the vibe here? The vibe here is she's had a bad year. She's feeling down. She's lost a mojo, but she's realized that's it. She can't take it further. And that means she's failed. So I said to her, you know, first of all, you're not getting paid enough for what you're doing, which means you haven't earned your value. You started your own business, but you've not really embraced your value. And you feel like you, to a degree, you failed. And as soon as I said this, very emotional response. Yes, I do. And, I'm, and I said, so what you're really asking me for is you need you are ready to retire, right? You get, or you're at the point where you're ready to, but you don't want to feel like you're going out having failed. That's what you, that's how you really feel, isn't it? Yes, it is. So what you really want is help to bring this to conclusion without feeling like you failed. Is that right? Yes, that's abs- that, That's actually what I want. So you don't really want to sell. What you want to do is to have a pathway forward so the more important thing is not feeling like you've failed. Yes. I said, okay, good. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to increase your fees. So in the next 12 months, we're going to double your revenue, right? 
And we don't even need any more clients. You just need to actually have some better conversations with them and articulate your value better. And you're going to charge this, charge them some more, but you're also going to create some bigger outcomes for them, just like I'm doing for you now. So that's one example, right? If I were an advisor, and I am, and if I was just advising her to help her to come up with a plan to sell her business and I was taking it on instruction surface level, then all that would have happened was I would have made an introduction between, you know, her and some other clients that would be very interested in the very high level of clients that she has, who, by the way, would probably charge those clients more once they took them on board. Um, I certainly would. And that would have been it. And she would have sold the business. I would have given her what she asked for on the surface. But then I would have missed out on actually helping her, one, learn a lesson. That lesson that she's missing is owning her own value. Why the hell would you finish your career not actually implementing the number one life lesson that's sitting there in front of you? I mean, she's amazing. She's great. But she hasn't owned a value yet. Why would you go out like that? So I'm not just an advisor to tell people to get what they say they want. I'm an advisor to help people actually get what they want and they will always communicate this to you. It's just most of the best communication is subconscious. Okay, so that was a pretty, you know, pretty deep and lengthy example, but hopefully a good one. So do you have any observations about that particular one? I mean, I hadn't really had a chance to run through it with you yet. Um, any observations? Not in particular, um, other than it's a relatively common thing for, for people to give you something different on the surface versus what they actually mean. Um, so, for example, talking to some clients yesterday, we were running through one of their meeting recordings, um, coaching them on you know, what, what they could do better, what they did well, um, just re reviewing the whole process pretty much. Um, and one of the things that came up was um, uh, an objection or it was more of a just a, a question from the, the client about some of the value that they were getting. Uh, so this is this is that particular client and what had happened was they presented a new a new terms of engagement as you know that's their the language that they use for this. Um, essentially we've taken them through a realignment process as we generally do with clients in any service business. And we'll save this for another episode. But that's really understanding your key levers. So who do you serve? What's the value you provide? And how are you charging for it? And almost every service business I've ever met thinks they've got that right and <laughs> they've drastically got, got it wrong. Um, and by pressing really hard on this stuff, we create some amazing outcomes. Anyway, so, so they've had the conversation with a the client. They've increased the fee. The fee was a pretty significant increase, right? I can't remember what the quantum was. Yeah, I don't remember the numbers. It was at least it was at least double. Um, and so husband and wife. So the wife's like, "Yep, yeah, I'm really comfortable with that," and the husband's more of an engineer type. He's like, "Help me quantify. I don't understand what the value is. Help me to actually quantify what it is." And they've been working together for I don't know four or five years, I think. So I was just setting the scene for... Yep. Um, 
Yeah, so during the meeting, um, they'd done some estate planning work already with the client. Um, so in this meeting, talking about, you know, the, the new fee and the clients wanting to understand what exactly they're getting for that, um, which is a, a fair enough question. Um, and so they were going through, you know, explaining the service, what they're getting from that. Um, but one of the things that the client mentioned was um, the, the intangible. So they mentioned that they understood it from the estate planning perspective, but they were questioning it in the advice perspective. Um, so those were kind of the two different projects that they'd been on. Um, and one of the things um, that I gave them feedback on was that it would have been very easy to relate the value from the estate planning intangibles to the intangible value that you get from the advice. Okay, so let's set the broader scene for, for this in the context of subconscious versus conscious communication. So um, whenever you have someone who is bringing you an objection or a resistance point or they're fixated on a conscious expression, which is only a symptom of a much bigger picture. So in this case, it was the client saying, before I agree to pay you that, I need you to... Like he was literally saying, I need you to literally break down and quantify for me the value that yep. you've provided. So how how have you actually provided me value better than if I just had it invested in, you know, an industry, an industry fund or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so he was consciously reverting back to a calculation. And the problem, of course, is that you know, an investment advisor, well, they're not actually investment advisors, they're financial planners and they've done a lot more than just help them to invest their portfolio. And you, it's very difficult to compare apples with apples in that scenario anyway. And the value is much broader than that. And so you're getting the client to focus on, or the client is focusing on the wrong thing. And what most advisors will do is when a client's saying to you specifically, address this, or I want an answer to this, or this is my issue, quantify this. It will 99% of the time not actually really be the issue, right? So what they're giving you is a misdirection. In other words, they're focused or they're hyper-focused on their conscious or rational expression for something that is much, you know, much broader issue and is subconscious, um, or implied rather than explicit. And that's what they're struggling with. They've getting this disconnect between the two. And so as an advisor, if you ad if you address what they're asking you to address, you failed. Right? You're actually enabling them to continue to hyper-focus on the wrong thing. And so I always talk to advisors about this as a the it's an idea called the pattern interrupt. So you have to you have to actually interrupt their their conscious direction and break that pattern if you're hoping to be an exceptional advisor and help them to align conscious and subconscious. So again, just setting the scene for that example yesterday, what we were doing was I'd already given them some feedback on this client. So Tristan and I were tag teaming, um, both of us having listened independently to the recording of their particular client meeting. And so one version of a pattern interrupt 
is to throw them something they completely don't expect. So, in fact, go, go in contravention to their train of thought. So him saying, I want you to, you know, quantify the value in dollar terms. If you tried to do that, then you would be enabling the wrong hyperfocus. So one pattern interrupt could be, hang on a second. I think we need to actually take a step back here. All right. I think you're actually asking from the wrong frame of reference. So let's go all the way back to what's happened in your life. Right. So rather than, you know, rather than me addressing the performance returns, let's go back to what's happened in your life. And giving them something different, taking a different approach. And one way to do that is certainly by asking questions. Um, and in that particular example, the client had started to answer it for himself. So he was asking for all this, saying, I want this quantified. But then he was stopping and saying, look, I got, I got it. There's intangible stuff too, but you know, that's not really the thing. But hang on a second, with the estate planning, I, I really understood it there. And so it was a very easy one in that particular case to form a pattern interrupt by instead of, so the client was almost interrupting himself, but then he was circling back around. So all, all the advisor needed to do was to go, hang on a second, let's stop. Let's actually talk through why, why you get it on the estate planning. Talk me through what actually changed. Why do you feel like the intangibles were so valuable there? Why can you quantify it? Talk me, th talk me through that. Okay, get him to do that. Now let's lead into what's happened in your life. How is your life different now compared to when we started together? How do you feel about your direction? How do you feel about the clarity you have? Do you feel like you've got a much more definitive pathway? Do you feel like you've got more accountability in your decision-making? Do you feel like you're on the right, you know, the right direction? Do you think you could have got those things on your own? Do you think those feelings would have happened if you just had to put the money in an industry fund? So in other words, getting the client to answer for themselves is a very powerful pattern interrupt. And that's really what you're trying to do at the end of the day anyway. You want them, you want to draw the client out what the real issue is. What's the real scenario? How do they really perceive things? Draw the subconscious out, the limbic, the more, the deeper component, and then state it back to them, right? So they'll be talking you through it. They won't necessarily make the explicit connection between the things they're saying. Your job is the advisor to bring them back together and say, okay, so what you're saying is the value in our relationship is a partnership-driven one. We, we've helped you be more accountable to your decision-making. We've helped you be relieved that all of the perspective that needs to take place behind the scenes has taken place and you haven't had to do it. So you're more relieved, you've got more direction, you've made better choices, things that you should have done that didn't happen in the past have taken place, right? And that's actually the benefit that you've got out of this. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, yes. Okay, well, there you go. There's, there's the value. Are you okay with that? Do you get it now? So it's, it's really important to get this. And, you know, I, I know we're talking about this in very intangible 
intangible ways. And so the nuance can be challenging. It's one of the reasons why in mastering this, when, you know, when we work with people, we really delve into individual client scenarios, right? So it's one thing to hear the nebulous concept, but then to practice it literally client by client and to, to really go deeper. Okay. So that's the, you know, the pattern interrupt. I think we can talk about this a little more and over the, over the episodes, I'd like to actually get some of some other advisors in to talk about scenarios where they've used this. Um, and in summary, I kind of want to say to you, how do you do this? Cause if you're thinking about it all of the time, it's very hard to be in a client meeting and analyzing, <laughs> analyzing the meeting. I think what I would say to you is how do I do this so effectively all the time by trusting myself, by trusting my intuition and your deeper knowing, or in other words, this is using your own subconscious. So I remember reading a, a book on how the brain works. I'm sorry, I can't remember the author at this point in time. If, uh, if I can bring that out, we might put it in the, in the description for the podcast or the video. And uh, the author's describing the conscious mind as, you know, being like pocket change um, compared to, you know, all of the dollars in the US economy. Um, being the subconscious. So in other words, your subconscious is much deeper. It's more complex. It's, it's more implied. Your conscious brain kind of floats on the top and is where you get the synthesis from. But it requires active use and management to create that, that synthesis. So not only in order to help your clients to do that, right? Not only is that your role as an advisor, if you want to get good at doing it, then you have to do the same thing for yourself. And that's one of the best things about being an advisor, I believe. It's really a journey of self-awareness, right? So the more self-aware you become, the more you can actually help other people to be more self-aware, have more life outcome, um, create the, the real benefit that almost every advisor I've ever spoken to is really actually fulfilled by rather than you know, the more surface level stuff as well. So in order to do that, trust your intuition. Okay. You can always analyze it and break it down afterwards. If you're not recording your, your meetings, then you're crazy. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't even know how many meetings I've had. My best guess is it's above 40,000 now. Um, you know, we were talking to those same clients yesterday about the, client facing time so their goals for this year was to get it from 30 to 35 is that right Tristan I think they were taking it from 20 to 35 right but they're also starting to measure um, work that is client related not just talking to the clients as okay well. so yeah and so what was the estimate that you gave for for my for my client facing time I think it was it was 60 or 65 yeah in a given week Okay. So in other words, in other words, that's what I've been doing now for 25 odd years. Um, and I've always maintained that kind of level standard of being advisor facing. And that's a lot of practice and it's a lot of explicit practice because I don't just do things without paying attention to it. And that's what I'd encourage you to do. And it, one of the tools that helps with this dramatically is recording the meetings. So, not only, I mean, we record all of our meetings. Um, 
I certainly don't I don't play back all of them because that would be impossible to do because 65 times 2 is more than 100%. Um, and I'm certainly not working weekends to do it. But I do listen to a lot of my meetings back and probably, you know, a couple of dozen a year. Not all of them, but pieces of that. It helps immensely. And it helps immensely to get other people to look at that, to help keep you accountable to it. I mean, at the end of the day, you spend all of your time working to make a difference for clients as a professional advisor. Yet how much of your time do you actually consciously focus on being better at your client engagement, at your, you know, your quality of depth of how you're engaging clients? Almost all advisors is just kind of learned experience and, and haphazard. And yet it's the most valuable component to what you're doing. And it's certainly the difference between being a good advisor and a great advisor. Okay, so what other perspectives do we want to cover off on for this one today, Tristan? Um, the only other note I had here was um, about asking the right questions. Okay. So how does that kind of fit with the whole the whole idea of what we're talking about? Um, if I relate it back to your your example you gave about um, selling the, the, the advice business. Um, so you can ask all the questions around metrics, clients, what you can get for the business, what multiples going, who you know that could help with that, someone to get it valued. But in the end, it really wouldn't have mattered because that's not actually, that wasn't the, the deeper issue. You were asking questions about all the, all the symptoms rather than the, the root cause. Yeah. And I mean, this is something that I see all of the time and that is advisors' questions aren't that great, <laughs> right? Um, if you want to be exceptional as an advisor, then you need to be asking exceptional questions. And one of my favorite sayings that I, you know, I use multiple times a week and I don't, I've probably already said it in our, in our podcast to date and I'm sure if you are a lis an ongoing listener, you're going to hear me say it many times. That is, if you ask the wrong question, you always get the wrong answer. Even if you ask the right question, but in the wrong order, you still get the wrong answer. So the quality of question isn't just the thing. It's what's the right question at the right time? Like what's the fundamental driver here? What's the big picture item? What's the key lever? What's the, what's the foundational piece? What's the thing that's going to make this difference to this person's perspective, behavior, life? So if you're a financial advisor, you're not, okay? You're not a financial advisor first. You are an advisor who helps your clients have a better life first. You're a financial advisor second. If you're a lawyer, no, you're not. You're an advisor to your clients, you're there to help them to have a better life and make better decisions. You're a lawyer second. All right, same thing if you're an accountant or coach or consultant or whatever. And having that con context makes a massive, massive difference in how you approach people. So, yeah, asking the right 
asking the right questions is is immensely important. Um, what's one of the questions? So, thinking of this, what's one of the questions that I, I that we get asked all the time when I say to people, you know, you've got to ask the right questions. What do they kind of want from us? It's like, tell me. Well, just tell me how to do it. If you only need to ask the right questions, tell yeah. me what the right questions are. D d give me a script. What's the example questions? You know, I see lots of consultants to to advisors out there, and they'll give them like a whole checklist guide, a script, etc. And you know, we've built tons of process, but I'm very reluctant giving these to people because they become, you know, they become crutches for people rather than actually useful tools. The key to being an exceptional advisor is your subconscious works at a much higher level than you give it credit for. And if you're in fear, then you're not in a position to trust yourself. Your intuition will guide you best as to what the real issues are for clients. And you probably already know. And, you know, we, we do this all the time with clients. I mean, you've heard me. You've heard me do this uh, a bunch of times. You know, a client will be bouncing me uh, a scenario about one of their clients. Um, and I'll and I'll reverse it around. And I'll go, okay, let's reverse the situation. Pretend that I'm you and I just explained everything about this client, right? Without thinking about it, just your immediate reaction. What would you say is the real issue? Right? And in almost every case, they just spell it right out. And I'm like, okay, so you didn't need me after all. Because that's exactly, what you said is exactly what I got out of the situation as well. So why didn't you deal with this? And a big part of that is just fear. And we're going to do probably a next episode and maybe a hundred other episodes on on how our own fears become the obstacle to being exceptional advisors, you know, and hey, I'm not perfect. I've practiced this a lot and I do it explicitly and I screw things up all the time um, because we all have fear, right? So understanding how that gets in your way. And if you're afraid to go there with a client, if you're afraid to be more explicit, if you're afraid to trust your intuition and dig into something that maybe is uncomfortable. So for example, most other people wouldn't had wouldn't have said to my friend, so what you're saying is you feel like you've failed. Most other people would have avoided being that confrontational and you know creating a very significant emotional outcome. There was tears. Most people wouldn't have gone there. Why? You want to be a great advisor? You want to be an exceptional advisor? Then you bloody well better be prepared to go deeper with your clients. Stop tiptoeing around stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's your fear. It's your fear. It's your fear holding you back. And if you want to be in a position to help your clients go on and have better lives, then you better bloody get your own fear in order. And that's really what this show is about, helping to try and set a new standard, a new definition of what exceptional advice is so you can move out of the paradox of, oh, that's unprofessional to, to go there. Oh, it's unprofessional to you know, push your client that hard. Oh, really? You're there to 
Be a financial advisor or are you there to help them change their life? Which one? Which one is it? Which one do you want? By the way, which one pays better? Tristan, what do you reckon? Um, I'm trying to think of which multitude the, the changing your life would be higher by. I'd, I'd guess probably maybe three times. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least. At least. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting because... It's very difficult to get a client to pay you for just financial advice, like just the investment advice. So advisors are doing this all the time, right? They're giving clients life advice. But it's super easy to give clients, you know, financial advice that has no financial advice in it. I mean, uh, I'm doing that with my clients all the time. It's been a long time since I had a proper authority or, you know, a license to be able to give financial advice. And yet I can talk to my clients about investments and, you know, we did an episode... um, just recently about crypto, right? And I can talk to clients about crypto or investments, but I'm not actually going to be speaking about specifics. And the whole idea behind this is if you're not going deeper with your clients, then you're really missing the opportunity and it's your fear in the way, not, not anything else. So what are some of the, what are some of the objections that we that we get when we're talk when we're talking to our clients, as in you guys, advisors, about going deeper with clients? Right? What are some of the things that people will typically say about that? Well, you have to be qualified to talk about <laughs> anything. So how how do I get qualified on talking to clients about deeper issues? Oh, this is such a <laughs> BS issue, man. That's a big one too. Come right, on I can see it all the time. Oh, I'm not a qualified life coach. What the F is life coaching anyway, right? Like, are you an advisor or are you not? What are you? Are you there to help someone or are you not? What kind of qualification do you need to actually trust your knowledge and experience and more importantly, trust your intuition to be able to have a conversation with a client? So... You know, I, I can't tell you the number of people who have said to me, hey, you know, what you've done with me has helped me, you know, more than 10 years of going to psychologist. Am, am I a qualified psychologist? I don't think so. Um, I don't think so either. <laughs> right? No, I'm not. I'm an advisor. And this this show is for advisors. And I don't think there is any qualifications for trusting yourself trusting your intuition and being willing to go there with clients, right? is very simple. People come to you for an action plan. They come to you to take action to make things differently. So you are in the perfect contextual driver's seat to be more relevant to them in most cases than a psychologist. Because a psychologist is going to dig into issues and all kinds of stuff really your job is align conscious and subconscious give them an action plan now you give them a sense of direction a sense of movement direction movement and clarity behind how their fears how their confusion has got in the way simplifying all the things they're thinking about by aligning conscious and subconscious giving them a framework for decision making giving them a framework for action giving them your confidence to take the action, right? And then keeping them accountable to themselves to take the action. 
you can do those things, then you've just become infinitely valuable, right? Because you can help clients do that for anything. And it doesn't have to be limited to their investment portfolio or, you know, their, their, tax, their tax returns or their compliance programs or their processes and procedures, you know, whatever it is that you're, the clients are coming to you for the action plan, that's just an excuse for you to actually be able to help them to truly change their life. And if you understand how to draw people out and get them to articulate the value to themselves, then you can charge for that, right? And as you said, is it more valuable than the underlying thing? Every time. I mean, if, if a client comes to you and says, I've got a million dollars, I want to invest it, all right? It's been invested here. I want it to be better. And you give them something better and it, I don't know, let's say it produces a 2% extra return over the next 10 years. So effing what? Right? What did you actually do? How did you actually change their life? If you didn't have an interaction with them that went beyond that and actually helped them to align conscious and subconscious more, that helped them understand how to have more in their life, to let go of fears, to live more of their life, to be more clear, to have an action plan, to be more aligned with themselves. If you didn't use that to tie in together, then so what? Like what difference does the 2% extra return actually make to that client over the next 10 years? Almost nothing. And if that's the way that you are allowing your clients to focus, or if that's what you're doing yourself as an advisor, then you're certainly not even in the good category in, in my books. You might be a good technician, but there's a difference between a technician or an analyst and an advisor. And that's certainly my, my perspective on this. Um, so what other things do people say when it comes to... Because, I, I, I mean, you, you absolutely nailed that one. We didn't, we didn't talk about this before the episode. So, all right, I'm not qualified. People always want to have this crutch, this qualification crutch, yeah? So where do I need to go to study? Should I do a life coaching course or program or whatever? No. How about you just actually trust yourself and you follow this process? Um, and then you'll be more qualified than, than anyone that does those programs as well. So wh what else do people say? Um, you need to be qualified. Um, it's, it's uncomfortable. You know, what if, what if they don't like, <laughs> yeah, what if they don't like, what if they leave, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's uncomfortable. What if they don't like me? Um, look, you, you got to understand that it's always a self-worth issue that gets in the way between where you are and where you really want to be or another way to say it is the best version of yourself so you the the whole idea between conscious subconscious is still us saying you are helping your clients overcome their self-worth issue which is in the way of them having a better version of their life or being the best version of themselves so if you're an advisor that's your job Help the clients be a better version of themselves. That's Let's just break it all the way down to that. That's your job. And if you're not drawing people out to do that, then you're certainly not being an exceptional advisor. 
And if you're afraid of whether a client may like you or be offended, then guess what you're doing? You're letting your own self-worth issues get in the way of you being a better version of yourself. Of being, If you're an advisor, then you're supposed to be an advisor. If you're supposed to be an advisor, then you're supposed to help your clients. And if your fears are getting in the way of that, then that's your own self-worth issue. So this is what I was saying before, Tristan, about the best thing about being an advisor is that in order to be better at it, you got to grow yourself. And as you grow yeah. yourself, right? So if you're helping your clients become more self-aware, let go of more of their self-worth issues so they can be a better version of themselves, then the only way to do that is if you're doing it, you know, you're doing it for yourself. So all I can say is I'm really thankful that I'm an advisor in my DNA as well. Um, I've still got a long way to go. I've still got, <laughs> I've still got plenty of flaws. I've still got plenty of self-worth issues and hang-ups. But man, imagine how far behind on this journey I'd be if I didn't also have advisor in my DNA. So that's just a, just a, just a little bit of self-commentary there. Okay, so what if people won't like me? Look, your job's not to be liked. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of a segue here because okay. all right, this comes to uh, to one of the other issues, which is you know pricing value and fee and fees, right? So you know if if you are the value, if your ability to use your intuition, trust yourself to draw a client out to help them align their conscious and subconscious, if that's your value then it's also a little bit scary because the value is you, right? And so you've got to actually confront that to look a client in the eye and go, I'm gonna, this is where you are, this is where you want to be, here's how I'm going to help you get there, here's how I'm going to help you get there. And it's not about the finances or the investment returns or anything else. You've got to actually accept your own value and that can be a challenging thing to do and it's kind of the, you know, I always talk about the business numbers. I love business numbers because I'm an analyst as well, right? I got to all these esoteric human things through, <laughs> through you know, tens of thousands of meetings and being analytical. And the numbers will always tell you the people story. So if clients have got a financial issue, then, you know, there's the people story. And I really love working with business owners in particular because I can look at the business numbers and it will always tell me where that, you know, where the business owners are at from a, a personal awareness perspective as well. What's the real issue? How are the business owners' self-worth issues getting in the way and holding them back? And in a service business, as you all should be listening to this, it's self-worth and that self-worth is reflected through engaging the wrong people, not understanding your value and not charging them properly. And, you know, the fear that we talked about before, I'm not qualified or what if they don't like me? So I was talking to, uh, to a lady in an accounting firm uh, this week and she's trying to help the, the whole firm go on this, this journey and it's early stages for them. So they, they may, the partners there may not actually be listening. Um, and there was, we were talking about recovery rate, right? So accountants have billable hours. So in other words, they generally track 
their their work output which by the way i i like the idea of tracking work output for a client it helps you understand that your input metrics which is a commercial approach um i don't like i don't like pricing based on billable hours that's just a way to measure your cost not a way to measure your price and so she said yeah they you know, they end up writing off jobs and whatever. And so they'll be really happy if they just get to being at 80% recovery. <laughs> like, imagine if you're happy just losing 20% on a job. <laughs> now, are they losing money? No, they're making a profit. But no, they're not, right? Because once you take into account partner's personal exertion, and minimum return on capital deployed, including risk premium capital return over time, then they're losing money. And the billable is just at that time metric. So, you know, that was one thing we talked about. And I'm like, well, it's pretty easy. Just have a better conversation with a client, bill them. <laughs> and in 99.9% .9 of cases, the clients will be happy and pay. In fact, they'll be even happier because you articulated the value better. And one of the objections that she said was, oh, well, we're in a small town and the partners say, what if we run into a client down the street? Right? Well, what if you run into them down the street? You mean if you said to them, hey, look, this is, this is my value and this is the price I'm putting on it and a client, and then you've got to look at a client when you run into them down the street? Wouldn't you actually want to be in a position where you'd articulated your value and you owned it? Wouldn't you be happier seeing them as opposed to holding yourself back from that? So again, it's just the irrational fears. So in summary, I think I'd, I'm just going to say it's, again, the conscious subconscious. It's very important. Your job is to draw both out. It's also your job to do the same for yourself, to be more aware. Never deal with a surface level objection. And I think we'll delve into this as a whole other episode as to, you know, objection handlings. But never deal with that because you're just enabling someone. If you address what they're asking you to address, you're just enabling them to have the wrong focus. So use a pattern interrupt. Find ways to ask questions to align their conscious and subconscious. And that's the pathway to being most definitely a more exceptional advisor. So how do you feel we've gone in terms of covering that, at least as our introductory episode on conscious yeah, versus subconscious? I think it's good as an intro. It gives us quite a few branches um, that we mentioned but didn't quite quite dive into. So we've we <laughs> at least we've got our next few episodes sorted as far as topics go. <laughs> yeah, look, um, guys, we're, we're certainly enjoying having this conversational stuff with you. Um, we wanted to do it as a, as a way to actually share the obsession that I've had for a long time, um, with you guys. And really, we also want to hear from you. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who sent in, um, comments and topic requests. You know, we're not getting tens of thousands of views, but I actually think we're getting a lot of interaction and messages behind the scenes, um, which is great. We've got some good guests lined up from a whole range of diverse, different advisor, you know, perspectives. So if, if you'd like us to delve into more, um, please, please put some in the comments. 
when there's no sponsorship, there's no advertising, this is us sharing some of the deep stuff that, you know, our clients pay a lot, a lot of dollars to help us work through these issues with them. So if you're enjoying it, all you need to do to give us the mojo to keep going is, you know, chuck some comments in, throw us some likes, be engaged, um, give us some suggestions for, for what you'd like to talk about. Um, one of the things I really enjoyed doing uh, about how I've kind of ended up at, at this point in my own career is I've gone back to focusing more on just advising individual clients as being an advisor myself rather than, you know, doing a lot of the public and group stuff that we were doing before. And I really like the fact that I get to be serving hundreds and hundreds of clients rather than just a small handful, but I'm doing it by proxy via my clients who are advisors. So every week I get, you know, dozens of different client scenarios bounced off me. And I really enjoy that and I can provide deep insight. So if you've got client scenarios that you think are particularly tricky and you're like, how the hell would I have dealt with this? Or how would I price this? Or how would I handle it? Throw them at me. Okay, I can do this stuff in my sleep and I, and I really enjoy it. And hopefully that'll give you guys some input as well. So if that's something you'd like to hear, please let us know as well. Um, otherwise, thank you very much for joining us for this episode. And I hope you got uh, a lot of value out of our chat today. Cheers, everyone. Talk to you soon.